Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Westworld Season 8 Season Finale. The episode is called Crisis Theory. Dolores, Dolores' true intentions are revealed. Bernard confronts a ghost from his past. Maeve is conflicted. Sirach's voice is dominant. Caleb's role is revealed. And William faces an unexpected villain. Well, we finally made it. What has it been like? Eight weeks? We've watched eight weeks of uh, Westworld. It has led us up to this point crazy the whole pandemic has made it feel like uh time has been a little wonky not gonna lie about that um currently we are streaming live on twitch so if anyone in the chat room wants to ask any questions uh regarding westworld or anything else lucky dog podcast related that's where you can go to um Links are in the description if you are listening to this in the VOD or SoundCloud or anything else. Um, but yeah, finally got a capture card, so we're able to stream um, via video um, onto Twitch. And so that is the primary method we will use for the majority of our live broadcasts until otherwise noted. Um, <clears throat> so Season 8 of Westworld... Sorry, season eight. What the hell? <laughs> season three of Westworld has been pretty much like we said in the episode one, somewhat of a major departure in a way from the original um, overall uh, trajectory of the first two seasons of Westworld. The first two seasons very much were the exploration of these AIs and them coming to fruition of who they were. Did, were they act, were they robots or were they people or were they somewhere in between of, you know, somewhere learning to become human? And <clears throat> the primary thing I would say that Westworld continues to thrive in, the pros, you could say, the pros of Westworld Season 3 were the acting as usual, still stellar acting on all fronts. I have no complaints about that. The casting, um, even from episode one um, of Westworld season three, you can tell that um, the casting has been very meticulous in who they've selected. And I still think uh, all the older characters from Bernard to the Dolores to the Maeve character, as far as these new characters with um, Aaron Paul playing... Um, some of the new characters, obviously some of the, the protagonists such as Ciroc, I still think the casting has been, uh, pretty phenomenal, um, across the board. And so, um, as well as, so we got the acting, the casting, the music. These are all, uh, things that I think that this show thrives on. Ramon Germani brings some of the best music that you could possibly even, uh, conceive of, just think about. Um, I have to listen to the intro every time it starts. Now, with saying that, I gotta say that this season of Westworld, I might have felt it sort of with 
uh, last season as well, just a little bit, um, that it was another feature to tackle in a way. You know, it wasn't just sit down, play, watch a show, watch a watch it real quick, listen to a podcast and understand a hundred percent everything that's going on. I felt maybe, maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I'm a little slow to the, uh, to the punch and I just don't understand everything, but I do feel like I have to vigorously take notes and rewatch these episodes, listen to podcasts and still, still try to grasp at, uh, what, these concepts actually are and so that's one thing about this uh show that I was kind of hoping that season three would have been a little bit more toned down in a way when it comes to how uh conceptual the story was how in-depth it was how uh I don't want to say layman but I do feel like some of the writing of this series as a little bit too high concept in a way that I don't exactly need that that type of uh, high concept thinking when there's an action scene about to happen of some sort, you know? And so I do feel like this show is trying to teeter with having really interesting ideas as well as just amazing and beautiful cinematography that is wrapped in some uh, okay action. I think that some of the action they thought they shot was a lot cooler in concept or in storyboard, but then actually came out to be not so cool, or somewhere along the budget was cut. I know the budget was cut every year that this has been released, and so, you know, there... I don't want to lay the, fee, the the fault at, you know, this or that or the other. I just want to say that this show is very ambitious in its storytelling. And I don't think everything 100% works. However, um, you know, what does work, it works really well. And what doesn't work also doesn't work equally just as well. So um, with saying all that, the cons that I think that this is uh, experiencing on this show. Um, well, I gotta say the action for the majority of this show. Um, I will say season one, season two had mixed mashed action. It felt like in some areas that, uh, the choreography and everything didn't really mash up that well, but then in other areas it was like, oh shit, this is, this is like next level. And this is like robots fighting robots, fighting people, like some craziness. Like this is what I was here for. And so if I remember correctly, season one was a little bit imbalanced. Season two was a little bit imbalanced. Season three, once again, is a little bit imbalanced when it comes to the action. I think that the stuff that doesn't work doesn't work that well. And I know that there are uh, behind the scenes uh, faults or behind the scenes things that, you know, couldn't have been predicted, such as uh, the third Hemsworth brother hat pulling his arm or whatever really early in the series and him having to get surgery on it. And so there was a lot of action that he was supposed to have, um, you know, behind his character. And he ended up having to uh, kind of settle for, you know, 
a little bit less action or not well choreographed action. So I'm not going to say that, that, you know, that's the necessary fault, but I did feel like in some areas, the action, you know, around Aaron Paul in the middle with, uh, the drug trip and whatnot, that did not work very well for me. Um, uh, there's just random scenes that could have been shot a lot better with the action. Now, with saying that, everything in episode eight I thought worked really well. I I, I do feel like I'm kind of coming at it a little bit harsh, but everything in episode eight is like very well put together. It seems like they left the majority of the budget for that, and things that they might have wanted to happen throughout the series, such as you know action related, might not have happened due to budget restraint, and so they pushed it to the end of the season, and so I can kind of see that, but with saying that there were several times I was like, Oh, here's an action scene. And, uh, I was like, just my, the, the criteria for having a really cool action scene has really dropped in my mind for this show, which I don't feel like it should be because it's supposed to be robots fighting robots. And so I don't, I land somewhere in the middle of, you know, the majority of the season wasn't that great when it comes to action, but I will say this last episode delivered. And also there were scenes that were, were good with action and it has shown and this show has had good action in the past. It's just not consistent. Um, so what else? There, uh, the writing of this show, I did talk about it just a tad bit of how uh, high concept or high uh I, I'm i not saying the right word. It might be high or low concepts. It's something about the concepts. But regardless, I think that the, uh, the characters are written in a way that aren't exactly likable or relatable, or the story is not laid out in a way that is able to be shown to the viewer that really engages what's going on. So when I say that is... Dolores's motivation, once again, I think season two had a pretty sticky motivation for Dolores, but also season three, nothing is revealed until the very end of the season. And I think what my problem was with season two, it's sort of happening here again, is with this puzzle box theory of having the character hide her motivations for the majority of the season. It's hard for me to get behind her to understand yeah, this is why we should be rooting for her. Yeah, this is why she's justified in taking out all these guards or all these crazy people in the world. It it uh it uh makes it more relatable for us as the character. I felt like the things we found out throughout the season of Aaron Paul's character, Dolores's character, even maybe a little bit of Bernard, a lot of people had been guessing, you know, way into the uh to the start of the season. And it's not necessarily like we need these big reveals. It's more or less like we need to understand the motivations of these characters and where they're coming from. And so I think that's where this show kind of falters. Oh, here my chair. Sorry. So, by the characters not being able to show, you know, who they are as uh, 
you know, characters, the, the characters are unable to show their plans because, you know, the, the story, story creators, the, the writers, Lisa and Jonathan Nolan don't want us to know, you know, the big reveal till the end. I totally understand that, but generally that works on a two to three hour, you know, segment of a, of a movie. It works in a movie length. It doesn't work over the course of eight episodes, which was my problem, you know, second season. Um, and so with saying all that, I do feel like this season matches up just about the same for me as, uh, the second season. However, I've gone back and looked at a little bit more of season two, and I think it kind of flows a little bit better. And uh, the good things about that season, you remember the the James Dalos um, um, segment where he's, um, I think it's like episodes two or three or something like that. It was like this sole episode kind of uh, showing James Dalos as a, a host you know, trying to learn how to be a robot, kind of. And that was an amazing episode, along with the Akichida episode, along with the, um, what's it called? It, uh, there, there were just, even, I think even the season finale was a little bit better, um, on season two, in a way. Um, in that, this season finale, season three finale, did hinge on, a lot of season one and season two and you really relating to these characters uh, and kind of, you know, growing up with these characters over the past, I don't know, like four, four years or something like that. And so with saying that it's been, I think what they wanted us to do kind of going more into the spoiler section now of what happened at the end of this episode Yes, the, you know, the character of Dolores losing her, you know, is kind of emotional in a way, but I've talked about it before, how it's kind of uh, half and half. And what I mean by that is, do we really ever lose anybody in this series? And by now, I want you to have watched the post credit scenes of Westworld as well, because, um, you know, Westworld's got to uh, throw some post credit scenes in there for um, everybody, so... And by the way, which I think the post-credit scenes are actually better than the majority of the episode. However, I do think the episode is pretty good. I, I don't want to sound like I'm like bashing this entire season or even the show because people are going to be like, well, why don't you just hate watching it? It just sounds like you, you, you just hate watching it at this point. No, I'm not hate watching it. I'm very much trying to understand and relate to the characters that are being presented on screen and it feels like a lot of their motivations and a lot of who they are is being kept toward the end of the season in a way that makes it difficult to relate to at the very last five minutes of the show and so yeah I I think this season had some old you know problems when it comes to character motivations um, it might be the easiest to tackle this by character uh, and their motivations. Uh, I will say overall, I did find the the AIs a little bit uh, almost too high concept. I guess for me, maybe maybe I am dumb and or something like that. Maybe I need to take a philosophy class or something like that and really get to understand what the the Solomon or Rohubim, 
uh, concepts are with uh, this Serac character that kind of came out of nowhere. What it really came down to, I was like, so wait a second, are you are you right here telling me that um, are we supposed to understand that at the beginning of this third season that there are now two massive companies one is De- uh, the Delos Corporation which owns the host and the robots and everything is being kind of bought over by the insight company if that if that's what I'm understanding and Sirak and his family and his his whole backstory and everybody are responsible for the insight and Rohobeam and later on, we find out about Solomon, I guess, being the guy that is, uh, or sorry, being the AI that is, you know, holding the outliers down, um, down in Mexico or something like that. Like, like it is just some craziness going on just at the beginning of the season and trying to wrap my head around like, OK, so we got we got two companies. We got this guy that keeps turning into a hologram to rock. Maybe he's a real guy. Maybe he's not a real guy. Some people thought he wasn't a real guy. Who knows? Um, and so uh, that whole deal's going on. There's the brain balls with the marbles, and there's different people that are we're trying to figure out where the brain balls are and who's Holoris and who's this new guy with a uh, what's it called uh, the insight. Young young buck guy, I don't know, Stanley Jr., I don't know, he gets killed in the middle. He's kind of an unimportant character, ultimately. And so that was, um, that was I, I did feel like, you know, that was kind of an unnecessary plot line. But any, anyways, we're, we'll, we'll, um, we'll continue. Um, anyways, I thought there was a lot of hubba bubba, I guess, going on around in this season. I guess I was wanting to just go in the season and have Dolores have a simple robots take over the world kind of thing. And maybe that's just too much to ask for these days. Maybe things have to be so high concept and I'm just maybe, maybe they do have to be like that and I just have to accept it. Um, but instead this season we got Dolores dividing herself into like five different beings or something like that. And she couldn't trust anybody with the brain balls. So who knows where the brain balls are except for Bernard has one. And are they even important? Who kn- I, I, don't, I don't know if they're important. Um, um, I will say at the very end of this, ep- you know, in the middle of this episode, sorry, at the end of the season, when we see the brain ball being inserted into Dolores, um, that that was pretty graphic to say the least, I guess. But uh, very cool. Um I wonder why they couldn't just access from the back. I, I I wondered if they wanted to really just, you know, hammer down that she is a robot. You're going to understand it. <laughs> so, um, yes. Hello, everyone joining. Hello, everyone joining. I'm still, maybe, should I look at the camera? Should I look at the monitor? The camera, monitor, camera. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Tanny Newton as Maeve. I told, uh, uh everyone joining that, um, we are kind of going down by the characters of, you know, how they treated them this season and overall feelings on the episode. Um, Maeve. Maeve has always been one of my favorite characters. And I think that what they do to her as a character is kind of at the end of season two, let's just put it. They have her able to basically control everybody. She has, like, God control. She is forcing everybody, like, literally using the force, the AI force on people. 
and uh, when when they're trying to get into the forge at the very end, and everybody's uh, trying to leave, and it is a very emotional uh, moment, and something I didn't really hammer down in season one. Sorry, at the uh, part season three, episode one review of Westworld. Jesus, that was hard to say. <laughs> um, that um, I wasn't sure how close she was with her daughter. They do really try to hammer down um, the relationship with her and her daughter, especially in season two. I don't know if it 100% worked because of the whole the memory stuff that she had to go through. Um, but I will say that I was a little bit wrong in my episode one review saying that I didn't think she had much of a connection. And she does seem to have a pretty big connection. I'm not sure if she... 100% comprehends what it means to be like in this forge or the cloud or to be forced to do all this. And then throughout the majority of the season, she's controlled by Ciroc. And just at the very end, for what didn't feel like any reason except for maybe she just had extra force power, she could, you know, you know, bleep the thing out of his hand because it got too hot or something. I don't, I don't really understand why she all of a sudden became so powerful that she could overcome Ciroc. Um, it just kind of seemed like timing, I guess. It's like, oh, it's time to let Maeve out of the cave. Uh, or, you know, out of the cave. Out of the cave. Out of the cage. <laughs> Maeve was not in the cave. She's in the cage. Um, yeah, it did feel like she was a little bit stumped throughout the majority of the season. Unfortunately, uh, what is the what is the gaming term called when uh, you, you, like, bunt something? Like, something's too OP, so they have to... Whatever the gaming term is for when they have to like stump somebody to make sure that they're not going uh, to be too powerful in the game or the, the gun's not too powerful. They had to do that to Maeve. Um, someone's going to rip me a new one on that one when they, <laughs> they're like, oh my god, it's freaking done, done. Whatever it's called. Anyways, um, her action scenes were all really amazing. I will say that throughout uh, the earlier scenes of the season, I will feel uh, the the connection with her and Hector, the connection with her and Simon. I love all those scenes, and I love the acting. I, even the dialogue, I feel like they give Maeve. I'm not sure if it's just her delivery, Tandy Newton's delivery or what, but it is absolutely, uh, you know, it, it just falls out the mouth. It's just like, ah, I could listen to anything she says. <laughs> you know, I could listen to her. I could listen to her, uh, you know, read the telephone book or something like that, you know? Um, so let's go to Jeffrey Wright's character real quick. Um, and real quick on Tanya Newton with Maeve, uh, the connection, the whole Nazi world stuff. I was a little bit bummed that that turned out to be just kind of a simulation of some sort. I'm not even sure if it was actually real. Everything's kind of just kind of left there to say, oh, but that didn't actually happen. Oh, they're not actually over. Oh, he's a hologram. Oh, it, it's like, ah, oh, it's like, what is real? What is actually going on? Episode one of season three, the guy's like, everyone's, everyone's a hologram. Everyone's a simulation. Everyone, you know, and that's like, hmm. At this point, you know what? They might as well be because everyone can come back at this point. No one actually really is gone in Westworld. It's all about who you can afford. <laughs> um, Jeffrey Wright as Bernard Lowe. Bernard Drabbit Lowe. So 
Yes. Um, Bernard, I'm sorry they did you dirty on this season. But uh, once again, they kind of did Bernard dirty. They kept him in the dark. He's kind of a bumbling guy just going around. He's kind of working at this meat farm thing at the beginning. And that really feels like it was forever ago. I'm like, good Lord, that was that was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I just rewatched a little bit of the first episode, so that's the only reason I remember that. Otherwise, I would have just thought he was just riding around with stubs the entire time. Um, his plot line is basically following three steps behind Dolores and trying to figure out what's going on. Obviously, the whole Stubbs and Bernard show is uh, it's fun to watch. They're a good quote-unquote pairing. It's kind of like the Elsie uh, and Bernard stuff they had going on. However, I will say that um, overall, everything that was going on with Bernard felt like it was meaningless to the entire plot of what was happening throughout the entire season. Like, regardless of anything he did, if I can't think of anything meaningless he did that affected the overall plot of what was going on with Dolores. Like, what? why did we need... Bernard running around, I think he went to the, he went back to Westworld for like one episode. He did, uh, honestly, I can't even remember. I didn't even write it down. I was like, fuck it. (laughs) It's, it's, it's one of those things. I was like, he just went here, there, picked up some plans, ran into some of Dolores's guys. I don't know. But the, the, ultimate thing that I want to get from this this isn't just spinning my wheels is that Bernard has to like self-diagnose and bring his inner Arnold out or something like that and there seems to be some connection with his wife in this very final episode about him actually experiencing Arnold's emotions in some way. And there's this through line of like Holoris as well, like saying, Oh wow, I'm actually starting to feel like Charlotte and Charlotte's taking over my body. It's like, did that actually, uh, is there supposed to be some like connection with the AI and ghosts of people like merging of some sort? I'm really trying to understand what, what the whole deal is with that because I don't, the connection from being a human to a sorry yeah human to a robot or an ai does not feel firmly established in my opinion now there's i think there's extremely good um interpretations and there's you know there's Dolores saying you know I I choose to see the good in the world kind of thing and choose to see the beauty and you know fall in love kind of thing that makes sense and I totally understand that but like the paternal stuff I'm not sure if that's 100% worked I mean they've shown like Maeve with her daughter I don't remember seeing it day to day or anything like that but um because I think like Maeve works in the saloon for the, uh, or it, yeah, in the saloon for the majority of season one, if I remember correctly, my, my memory may be fuzzy, but I don't recall there being so much parental, uh, kind of imagery, I guess, within the robots. And 
you know, they're talking about like the behind the scenes decoding Westworld podcast talks about the 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 writers and everything of what they've talked about. The writers apparently have said stuff like uh, to tell Tessa Thompson's character, which is the next character we're going to discuss, um, to act like a baby Dolores. Now, what the hell is a baby Dolores? And so to rewind a little bit, they said in ep- in episode 10 season two at the very end of that season there's tessa thompson in the room with uh dolores and bernard and they're kind of explained to bernard we're in the new world and this is what's going on this is what's up and they told tessa thompson to give as blank of a stare as possible so i think it's fair to say they had no idea what Tessa Thompson was going to be at the end of season two. And they pretty much wrote the whole Dolores plot line, you know, that she's going to divide herself in several different bodies in that, in that time. And so, um, I'm not sure if that, um, exactly worked. Um, yeah, I'm, (laughs) I've, I'm not sure if the the Charlotte Hale character or Holoris with its baby Dolores in Charlotte Hale's body, so we're going to call her Holoris, kind of strays away from the plan. Like the majority of the time she's kind of she's in the insight building and she's running all this information sending it back to Dolores and she's the mole that's within the whole factory or the whole plant or whatever the fuck um yeah it's a big cluster overall I will say her storyline of becoming well at the end of season two we find out that it, it's Dolores at the end in that body and we were and it has been Dolores in that body for a little bit we just have to go back and rewatch it because honestly I can't even think off the top of my head when the last time Dolores jumped in that body I think it was sometime in the mid to last season of season two but it would have been a lot more interesting is my opinion that we had known that Dolores was in Charlotte Hill's body so when we do find out we're like okay and now we're like wait who's in her body now and saying who's in her body now does does not exactly constitute into a more interesting show for me. It's it watching some watching Charlotte Hale pretend to be somebody else. Watching sorry, Tessa Thompson pretend to be Charlotte Hale as somebody else does not exactly excite me for multiple episodes. And so um you know saying you know what's going on asking all these different questions is not exactly leading me down a road that is like oh this is really interesting this is more like this is this is like two or three seasons that we've had to deal with who's in whose body and so that's that's what the frustrating thing is for me a little bit and well we uh charlotte hale's entire family gets blown up uh by Sorox guys i believe but she somehow blames dolores in a way i i may be getting that wrong but I like I said I didn't watch this week to week with notes in front of me like I normally do so I'm kind of just spitballing here at the moment so you know give me a break on the uh on the comment section don't don't rail me a new one too hard uh, <laughs> um I will say uh 
Aaron Paul as Caleb Nichols was an interesting character to bring in during this uh, final, sorry, final, during this third season. It's actually not the final season. They've, uh, what I've heard is they've renewed it for two more seasons. Um, definitely one, at least. And so Aaron Paul as Caleb Nichols in this first, ep- sorry, in this uh, third season is solid. He's a solid actor that can take okay material and make it a little bit better. Now, with saying that, they jumble his story up just like everybody else in a way that makes you question, is he, is he, is he a host or is he not? I was pointing at the camera if you weren't watching live. (laughs) Um, So is, you know, is he a host? And so... Uh, they kind of do similar poses with him waking up, similar camera angles and whatnot. It's very reminiscent of the way the host wake up in um, the park. And so the whole subplot with Caleb is that, you know, he's an ex-soldier that went through some traumatizing stuff. He lost his best friend, supposedly, in some accident. And... What we find out is throughout the season is that he's been using this outlier, sorry, this this app kind of run through Rohobeam, I guess. I know I'm saying that wrong. Robobeam. <laughs> um, this AI-controlled app. Think of it as like a modern-day Siri or, or Jibexa. Rhymes with that. Um a modern day, you know, Echo or whatever. And um, and it was controlling like this underground app. And so he's running around doing tasks, making money using this app. And so this app is supposed to indicate the people that are outliers throughout the season. And we find out there's a number of outliers that are, through, you know, shown throughout the season. And one thing I didn't point out in season uh review opener of the season you know episode one review i forgot to mention that uh there's this indication on the screen of divergences or outliers is what it probably appears to be um on the map and that's what we're shown as one of the first indicators in season three and it definitely felt like a new direction where we were seeing that it felt like the mature the majority of the season we were watching people through the AI's eyes, if that made sense. And if the technology throughout, you know, the, the show was as, you know, up to date as that, I would say that that's probably what we were doing, but that's not exactly what we were doing. Um, a lot of people thought they were, we were pre- that what we were watching were, were predictions from the uh, Rohobeam app. Or, uh, I, I call it the Grand Theft Auto app. I couldn't remember what it was called. Um, Sorry, memory's terrible right now just with recalling all of this uh, Westworld stuff. But, you know, it's a big show. You, you can go to a more important podcast for that. This is very lax, very chill. Um, but, yeah, uh, as usual, um, you don't have to tell – you don't need me to tell you that Vincent Castle and Ed Harris were excellent as uh, Ciroc and uh, obviously William. There is – a little bit of the Ciroc backstory that I thought was really interesting when it came down to his brother being an outlier and them kind of obtaining outliers and 
it seemed like they were trying to retrain them in a, in a way very similar to what happened to Aaron Paul. But, um, oh yeah. And I forgot, I did forget to mention that, uh, Aaron Paul's character, um, killed Kid Cudi. Um, mm, that wasn't good, but there was like, there was a mishmash of, they, they tried to pay Kid Cudi to kill Aaron Paul and Aaron Paul to kill Kid Cudi. They wanted, they wanted blood. And so, um, just wanted to throw that off the top. I will say the episode with Vincent Castle is like episode three or four or something like that. I can't remember. It was had uh, his brother in it and you got to see the deterioration of what happened um, with his family and what happened to the one guy. Uh, I don't even know if I have that guy's name. Let me see. <clears throat> is it Whitman? Or McLean? I don't know. It was, it was the... Uh, I think it might have been Whitman, the guy that um, got his head bashed in by Ciroc. It was their other business partner. Um, that was a little bit sloppy. I will say of a murder. I'm not. I'm pretty sure you could you could see that someone's head was bashed in, and not in a you know accident of some sort. But you know what? That's once again that's for another podcast. Maybe they'll do the, the logistics on that. Um, also, what else? What else? The backstory of Ciroc, that was very interesting. The Outliers, yes, yes. All the different places we traveled that I I didn't feel like it was very obvious of all the places we traveled. It was like, okay, we're here, we're there, we're here, we're there, we're here, we're there. And I didn't, I, maybe, like I said, maybe I was just dumb and just oblivious to where all the places we were. But uh, I could cl I could clearly tell, you know, we're in Dubai, we're in Bangladesh, we're, in, we're at Westworld, we're at different places. But it, I didn't feel like it was any... They never do that thing where they're like, "Oh, we're in Paris, so we got to show the Eiffel Tower or something like that." Maybe, maybe I'm just used to seeing uh, monuments or something like that, or uh, memorable touristy places of some. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Whatever. No, I'm just mumbling off the screen. But <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? We got to see uh, Clifton Collins Jr. in this uh, episode. I guess as Dolores as well. Did, I don't really know. Did, that's not really clear. Um, I guess that might be where the fifth pearl was. Um, Lena Waithe as Ash and Marshawn Lynch as Giggles. Really enjoyed their characters. They did feel a little bit more like Netflix characters and not so much like uh, HBO drama series characters. But you know what? That's, once again, for another different day. Um, they were, they were fun to have in and I did kind of maybe want a little bit more of a connection between them and Aaron Paul, but I could see that, you know, clearly they were considered outliers, I guess as well. And, um, you know, when the Rico, Oh, the Rico app, that's what it was. The Rico app goes off and tells everybody, this is what's going to go down. Um, this is how you're going to die. And then the world goes off like that, that, you know, they didn't have that bad of backstories if I remember correctly. So um, I will say that episode, that was the one where he's tripping on drugs or whatever, I, tripping on, tripping on, damn it, what the hell was he tripping on? Genre. Yeah, I did want that to be a little bit, uh, a little bit different. Um, the episode with, uh, Will, I think it's episode six, Decoherence, with him having the whole uh, you know, oh my Lanta, I'm seeing like 20 different versions of myself, a young version, um, and middle-aged version, which was, uh, not middle-aged version, he is middle-aged version, um, young, 
middle. What is his name? Fucking Jimmy. Jimmy Smith. Is that his name? Oh my God! What is his name? I'm I'm gonna figure it out. Jimmy Simpson. <laughs> it's like what the hell is this guy's name? Uh, okay, so when Ed Harris has his whole, you know, William and uh, young William counteract with, uh, I think it was James Delos, Peter Mullen. Are, I think we understand that he was having kind of like a hallucinogenic flash. It wasn't a flashback. It, it was sort of a flashback mixed in with like AR, VR or something like that. I don't remember if it was augmented reality or virtual reality. It's one of the realities. He's in one of the realities. And uh, he's like killing himself as an older man in the Men in Black. And then he's killing himself in the, as his himself in the, uh, the diner. And as, as the diner man in black. And then he's killing himself as Jimmy Simpson. And I'm pretty sure... He, young young will is dead as well which is ironic considering what happens at the very end of the season so at the very end of the season we see young will sorry young will we see old will get away from Stubbs and bernard and he runs eventually to the delos corporation i guess in dubai of some sort and He's just like plowing his way through. He's like, sack, you know, let me in, let me in, let me in. And he gets all the way downstairs. Holoris confronts him. And then all of a sudden you see robot man in black. Boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. I don't remember the uh, the <laughs> the sound, but it's definitely a boom, boom. It's not the law and order, but men in black, uh, Prime, I guess we'll call him the the new the new man in black was going to fuck up old William. And so he gets a slash to the throat and it's it looks like it's probably game over for William. Um and then on the flippity flop we have Bernard and Stubbs well sorry, Stubbs is put into the bath because his shoulder is still fucked up from being shot by the men in black. Bernard goes to see his wife at the end of the, sh- the at the end of the show, whatever the hell we're watching, at the end of the thing. And he sees Arnold's wife, talks to him, talks to her, sorry. Um, and they have kind of a nice... The thing is, uh, the actress Gina Torres as... Uh, Bernard's wife she sells it she sells she's an amazing actress and she sells anything she's in it's the fact is we've seen her for like two minutes on a on a screen in the first season it's like was this lady even real and the fact that they brought her back is nice but I don't really I didn't have an emotional reaction to them I didn't I I did any I'm curious if anyone had an emotional reaction because of I mean these two great actors are you know given their best and all on screen, but I didn't, I don't care about this story at all. Really? I, I, the storyline between Bernard and his wife and his son that we've seen hardly none of, like, like I said, the family ties are just kind of non-existent there, but they want them to be there kind of at the end. I, maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe I'm not. I'm, I don't I, I don't see any comments. So I'm being harsh yet, but y'all let me know. Um, yeah, but, uh, let me go through a couple of notes I had. Uh, that was basically a season roundup and uh, 
character roundup of what happened throughout the season. I will kind of touch on what happens a little bit more in this episode. Um, so kind of at the beginning of the episode, um, actually I was going to, I was going to pull it up real quick. This is for everyone that did is forgotten already what happened throughout the episode. So bear with me if I'm stuttering or if I sound like a robot, but, um, let me do this real quick and we'll have a synopsis ready or a, a full on take of what happened through this episode. Caleb takes Dolores, Dolores's host control module, to a new body in Los Angeles. And they make their way through the riots to Insight to plant the control module from Solomon into Rehobim. I'll be honest right there. I had, I was like, I don't even understand the control module to Solomon to Rehobim. I, like, it, I, it seemed like it was the EM. I thought the EMP was the whole thing, and I was completely wrong. I, I It was Dolores's plan to kind of like overthrow things or overthrow something. I don't know. Maybe if we continue reading, we'll find out. Charlotte sends a message to Dolores that she will be working against her as a revenge for the death of Charlotte's family. See, and that message was very cool, very well received. I understood what was going on. But now we have like force ghosts popping up in the middle of our podcast, or sorry, in the middle of our uh, Westworld, and it was never clear about how they were actually discuss, you know, talking and had this, you know, quote unquote connection. Bernard talks about, I like, I, just a lot of this stuff just feels like it's just pulled out of their, pulled out of nothing. Um, and why does Holoris care about Charlotte's family? I, I don't. From what I recall, it was wasn't it Ciroc that killed the family i don't i don't maybe i had to go back I, uh, i'll go back so the family's definitely dead but i don't know if he could put it at the feet of uh dolores mave mave fights dolores to retrieve the key for Sirach, and dolores's body is disabled mave takes her to Sirach, where she is connected to rohubim um. So yeah, I did like some of the action there with uh Maeve and Dolores. There was uh, the majority of that was really executed well in season. Sorry, episode seven. But uh, I I didn't want to see her have to do it under the guise of Sirak needing her. You know, I wanted her to do it because she actually needed to. So um. Okay. Maeve takes her to Sirach where she's connected to Rohabim. Sirach has her memories deleted when she refuses to give her to Sirach. Sorry, when... Sorry, Sirach has her memories deleted when she refuses to give Sirach the host data. Dolores... Dolores's memories begin de deleting quickly in her last moments. She inspires Maeve to turn against Sirach. Maeve proceeds to kill Sirach's men and wound Sirach in the ensuing gunfight. Rohobim is deleted by Caleb, now with full control, and he and Maeve leave in sight. Bernard survives the fight with William, but Ash Ashley is shot. He is given an address in a package by Lawrence Host. 
by the Lawrence host, who has been recruited by Dolores. The address leads Bernard to the home of Arnold's widow, where the two bond over Charlie's death. He realizes that Dolores gave him the key to the sublime because Rohabim has been delaying the collapse of society, not preventing it. He enters the sublime to find answers on how to rebuild. William travels to Dolores, sorry, William travels to Delos, Dubai's headquarters, where he is killed by a host replica of himself with the help of Charlotte. Sometime later, Bernard returns from the sublime into his body. And that is the final episode of season three of Westworld. What do we do now? What, like, do we just host power down? Are we done? Are we, I guess we're, I guess we're done. Um, I will say, you know, just right off the top, just the small things that I have written down. Um, I liked seeing Dolores as a robot, seeing, uh, I, I kind of forgot that she is, she was the quote unquote meat sack version of herself or the host body for the longest time. And now she's put into a real robot form, which is what, uh, Aaron Paul actually has to like put together, um, very interestingly done. Love the execution. Um, uh, like I said, Maeve still wants to be with her daughter. That makes sense considering what happened. Um, the prediction of people was kind of, uh, something that was prevalent throughout the majority of the season. Um, I will say, I think the show Actually, I have another sci-fi show that I recently covered recently, and I'll I'll just say that 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 show did a little bit better, and a little bit on a on a lower budget as well. I think that trying to the things that this show is trying to you know say what is human, am I human, what does it mean to be human, kind of thing is more interesting when it's done on a, a small scale, and I think this might be too grand of a scale at the. At this point, I'm not sure if if that would help it or not. I I don't know. I'm I'm not getting paid the big bucks to know all that. <laughs> I'm just throwing out predictions. Um, hmm. Aaron Paul's mother, that whole thing, that just seemed like a way for him. It just seems like a reason for him to have to go do these side missions and stuff like that. It would be hard to believe that you know if you were um, working for the army that you would ever have to have that you have trouble in that manner. looks like my camera might be dying a little bit soon. Um, but yeah, so, uh, let me see. Outliers. Yeah, we discussed it. Ciroc. It seems that Ciroc might not be dead, but his brother might be. And, and, and that his brother's brother's consciousness was like intertwined with, Rohbeam or something like that. I I didn't understand any of that the whole stuff. I might be completely wrong. Was was his brother in Solomon? Was his brother in Rohbeam? What the hell was going on? I don't know. Are, are they the same guy? I, I like I, I the whole AI stuff. I I don't know. I really don't know. I I've listened to podcasts. I've, I'm podcasting now about it. I've, I've looked up some not a synopsis about it. I guess Ro. I guess 
they were two separate AIs and one had the key and one had, I, I don't know. I, I really don't fucking know at this point. Such a confusing ass show. Motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is bad podcasting, isn't it? Um, yeah, the drug trip episode, I was a little bit meh on it. Most of it was just like color filters. It's like y'all didn't do nothing. No, nothing cool happened during that. I was a little bit bummed. They kind of pulled a Game of Thrones with the. Uh, let me fix this shit. I don't know what the hell it's doing. There we go. So I did feel like they did pull a little bit of a Game of Thrones with uh, Maeve having her badass fight among everybody and whooping everybody's ass. And for whatever reason, they have to turn off the lights. Like, why? Why do you got to do that? Except for budget reasons. It's like, come on now. I Just take out those robots throughout. the. the I, those robots were kind of cool, but just put that money toward a cool action fight. I don't know. Some choreography. I, 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 I can't explain it. I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, why are you going to show Maeve doing her badass stuff with the lights off? Oh, I don't know. Amateur hour, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Where's my notes? Oh, no. Oh, I found him. <laughs> found him. Um... Yeah, I thought it was my TV at first. I'm I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it just to make sure it wasn't my TV. But rewatch on a different TV or on my phone or something just so I can see what the heck happened. She, it was like she was like whoopsh, 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 and just like had this whole like revelation right after she talks to Dolores and like the little simulation that she's like, oh yeah, I'm a good guy or I can do it or I've got the power or whatever the hell. I don't I don't even know. Um, not at this point. Um. Dolores died and Bernard has the key it seemed kind of obvious who had the key at, at, at a certain point I will say that um but Dolores dying was seemed like a big fucking deal I was like oh shit I was not ready for that shit that was that's that's some next level um so they do have this kind of uh Fight Club-esque ending. I think it was like a Pink Floyd song at the end that they kind of play. They didn't decide to do like the Pixies, kind of like uh, the Leftovers and Mr. Robot decided to do. It's like uh, like everyone kind of saw that coming except for uh, Aaron Paul's like, what? What? <laughs> he kind of has the same expression through a lot of the season. I, I will say he's like, huh? 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 Robot? You? I Honestly, I will say his reaction to Dolores being a robot was kind of underwhelming as well. It didn't seem like he was used to seeing like any sort of robots at that point. So it's like, wouldn't you be like, holy shit, there's a robot and they've got like, like, skin. <laughs> like, he's working beside a piece of metal. I don't understand why he's not... Like, whoa, shit. Like, I don't, I don't know. Who else could be a robot? Why would he not question that? There's, there's things that Aaron Paul's character did and didn't do throughout the season that made him less relatable for me personally. Um, 
maybe it's different for you. Let me know. Let me know what you thought about the podcast. Let me know. Um, let me see. William gets killed by William. Bernard wakes up in the dusty future. And I'm just assuming it's the future. It honestly, they could just say that a big dust storm came and, you know, he just woke up. But I don't know. Um, and, you know, they're all going to want us to say, oh, what did Bernard see? What did Bernard see? The crazy future, the the future after the future. What did he see? Uh, I don't know what the fuck. I don't even think the writers know what the hell. They they didn't leave any clear indication besides that that small projection that Dolores how they they showed projections of human death and in several different locations or something like that and uh, I don't know if that still is indicated because of that uh, because of what Aaron Paul did or anyone I don't know maybe it was the right decision maybe it wasn't I'm honestly not sure but the real question is are we on loops. Are we on loops or nah? That's the real question, isn't it? That's that's the real question. Overall, I will say this, yeah, this season lined up a little bit under season two for me personally. I had a good time watching the show. It's always like a thrilling, unpredictable experience. I never know what's really going to happen. However, the cons are heavy, and the action could be improved, and the likability between the characters could be improved as well, if that makes sense. Not not just like the chemistry between the characters. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if that makes sense. It, I like. I want to say they're good. They're they're amazing actors. I'm not I'm not denying anything about the actors. It's just liking the characters. Like I don't really like William as a character, and I don't think I really understand Aaron Paul as a character that much. And it took up until the last episode to really understand if I was supposed to like Dolores. And so there really does feel like this jarring, uh, I don't know, mix mash between the viewer and the story. And them wanting to to have like a really interesting, compelling story for eight episodes with the mic drop every couple episodes of like what might happen versus us understanding and relating to the characters having some sort of equilibrium and <laughs> bring them together, you know? I feel like there needs to be some sort of agreement between the viewer and the writers that, you know, what we'll take some high concept stuff. Like there's totally high concept stuff that can be done with great action. Um, but you need to deliver on all fronts. And holding stuff from the audience is not always uh, make for a better story. Especially if we're, you know, finding out the very end. And Aaron Paul's looking into the camera and like, oh my gosh everything is an illusion you know it's not it's not quite that um that 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 doesn't constitute for an automatic like mic drop moment it's not like oh my gosh everything i know is you know turned on its head but um yeah so i think that pretty much sums up my feeling about season three um i will say that was pretty cool that apparently in the the promotional material you can kind of see in the um uh, in the uh the poster that there is Dolores 
in the sand. Like, this is supposed to be Dolores. Like, it never really occurred to me to look at the uh, poster until, what was it, uh, Watchmen had a big uh, kind of spoiler in the poster. And uh, this is definitely a spoiler in the poster, but... I mean, you could be guessing what what's happening in this poster for a long time, but once you see the last episode, you're like, "Oh wow, that really is her." I can see the the blue dress, and I can see, you know, the uh, the defeat in um in her as well, and that's that's pretty much what happens at the end of this episode. And so, yeah, um, this was a kind of a big. Uh, feet to tackle. I am glad that we went over it. This is going to be helpful for future generations of Westworld watchers. Um, Hopefully you will be one of those future generation of watchers or listeners of uh, Look Dog Podcasts watching Westworld. Um, Let me know what you thought about uh, the podcast. Let me know what you thought about the live stream. Let me know how I can improve if things are too soft or things are too loud then you let me know <laughs> and uh, I'll do my best to uh, you know appease it and fix whatever that needs to be fixed um, let me think the podcast has several social medias that you can follow at your leisure first of all this podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com photo video Digital media production. Sponsor the podcast using paypal.me slash the Luckadale Podcast. Link is in the description. Comments, questions, concerns for the podcast, email luckadallpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Luckadale Podcast. Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. Links are in the description. We could not do this podcast without your support, your views, your subscriptions, your comments, your questions, your ratings, your thumbs up, all the good stuff. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Look at all podcasts. Take it easy. And you can take yourself back offline.